Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today I'm here with Kim Hall. Let me tell you a little bit about Kim. After establishing her career in the public health system in Canada, Kim Hall recognized a gap in the provision of in-home private pay rehabilitation services. She started Physio to You in 2012 and has led its growth to become the largest in-home physical therapy company in Western Canada. Since Kim is a trained physical therapist, she has worked hard to develop her business acumen, leadership, and entrepreneur skills. In 2016, she was a winner of Western Canada for the Canadian Women Entrepreneur Awards, and in 2017, she was recognized as a YWCA Women of Distinction for Entrepreneurship. Kim also contributes to her industry as a member of the Board of Directors for the College of Physical Therapists of BC and as a mentor for internationally educated physiotherapists through the University of British Columbia. Kim can relate to many women in midlife as she has recovered from a painful divorce, cared for her ailing parents who have both passed away, all while starting and scaling a business with 20 plus staff members. Kim Hall, thank you for coming on to the Me Time Midlife Podcast. Thanks, Kim. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And um, we connected through a mutual friend, huh? Would you say? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start with, we're going to, we're going to kind of talk about a few different things today, but I want to start with the question I ask every guest, which is what do you enjoy doing during your me time? First and foremost, I love to exercise. Mm -hmm. I've been a competitive runner since I was 12 years old, racing middle distance on the track as a teenager, then getting into longer distance road running as an adult. I find running helps me zone out and lets me live in the present moment, feeling my breath, my heart rate, my feet striking the ground. And sometimes my thoughts run wild, but usually in a productive way. So during a long run, sometimes I'm able to make tough decisions. Like I let all the what if scenarios play out in my mind. And then after one hour, I usually know which action I'm gonna take. Mm. And I also love yoga and stand up paddling and reading and traveling. And I do book myself massages on a fairly regular basis, splurging to go to a fancy spa two to three times a year. Yeah. And I love floating. Have you ever heard of floating? Oh, yes, but I would not be into floating. Yeah, I'm not a water person. So um, yeah, but anyway, I hear it's awesome for those who have done it. Um, do you want to explain real quick what floating is? Sure. Floating was invented in the U.S. in the 1950s, and I believe it was uh, invented by a neuroscientist originally to treat post-traumatic stress disorder from mm -hmm. like World War II Army military personnel. And uh, it has become popular in the last 10, 15 years because a lot of mixed martial artists are using it in order to help heal and recover their physical body, but also 
make them mentally stronger and mentally tougher. Mm. And yeah, I originally tried it out of curiosity from that rehabilitation perspective. I wanted to know if it was something I would recommend to my patients and my clients. And then I ended up loving it and, and feeling I benefit both mind and body from floating. So I, yeah. I do that regularly more in the winter months because it is going into a very dark sensory deprivation tank. And right. so it's not usually something I want to do when it's beautiful and sunny outside, but right. during the winter months, I find it very mm. relaxing. Interesting. Yeah. I knew a few people that, that did that, but yeah, it just doesn't really appeal to me yet. And um, maybe I have a little too much uh, control issues <laughs> so to just kind of have all the sensory, um, to be sensory deprived, I guess. Right. I bet it's interesting though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk just quickly because, um, you know, I want to talk about um, some other things here, but let's just talk quickly about what you do and um, how you help your clients. Sure. So I'm a physical therapist and an entrepreneur. I currently lead a team of physical therapists and support staff, and we provide in-home physical therapy on a private pay basis. So we primarily treat seniors and victims of orthopedic trauma. So the people booking our services are often in midlife and they might book for themselves or their spouse or maybe an elderly parent. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have, uh, so although you work with, you know, aging, um, aging parents of midlife people, right? Well, first of all, is it mostly women or men that give you a call about not maybe not about themselves but about their parent what do you find yeah the most common is a woman of baby boomer age 50s 60s maybe even in their 70s calling to book services for their elderly parents Mm, right usually in their 90s yes yes and what are some um problems that their parent would have that they would want you to help them with often they are seeing their parent just slow down mm-hmm. and they might be falling a lot they might not be leaving the house very often because they're no longer confident with their walking or they don't want to be seen with the cane or walker mm-hmm. uh, sometimes they the parent can't climb stairs anymore and then that means they can't go to thanksgiving dinner or christmas dinner because stairs are involved at at the daughter's house mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and travel becomes an issue. Even getting in and out of vehicles becomes very difficult, and then that ends up with the elderly parent becoming more housebound. Right. So as physical therapists, we're able to help people with their mobility and their confidence with walking and balance and usually improve a super senior's quality of life and their mobility and their confidence mm-hmm. with their walking. Yes, right, right. That's so true. We don't um, sometimes we forget about, you know, you have to have the confidence to try it and right to, to get back out and walk, especially after a fall or something like that. But I think what's unique about your business too, is that it's mobile, right? You go to them. They don't have to come to you, right? That's right. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Um, it makes it really convenient for, for them. Yes. Um, especially in their nineties, right? Yes. <laughs> and so sometimes the older seniors aren't driving anymore. And so mm-hmm. it's a big relief to the usually woman in midlife who doesn't have to drive their mother or their father to yet another appointment and take time out of their busy schedule or even maybe time off work. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so right. And we could have a totally like different conversation all about like the physical part of that, right? And um, how you help them in those later years, but also how women in midlife um, and men uh, need to work on their bodies as well so that they can help prevent those things or kind of delay those things from happening, right? Um, because we lose reaction time and mobility and flexibility and all that stuff as we age, but um, you want to work on that stuff um, as early as possible. <laughs> okay, so what I want to talk with you about, Kim, is um, initially I want to talk more about you know the physical part, but when I talked with you, I found it really interesting that you have lost both of your parents at such an early age, um, and you know, Tell me a little bit more about what that was like to lose both of your parents and, and what you went through. Yes, it was very difficult to be of a younger age and see my parents' health kind of fade. Both the, My mother passed away 12 years ago from cancer, and I lost my father last year as he became quite sick with different comorbidities in the last three years of his life Uh, but he actually made it to 98 years old so I'm very thankful that I had him in my life for as long as I did. I was say because I'm a healthcare worker and I had worked in the hospital systems I was very familiar with death and with dying. I think I handled uh, watching my parents fade better than my younger sister and my younger brother who were of a younger age and not in healthcare. So I was really able to cherish the time and try and make the quality time with both my mother and my father as best I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So this was the time, like you lost your parents at the time you were starting this business, right? I started physio to you after my mother passed away. Okay. And uh, when I started physio to you, uh, my father was actually in good health, but mm. it was scaling the company where he started to ail. And so I did have to do different things with my schedule in order to accommodate all of his appointments and surprise visits to the emergency room mm. and dealing with caregivers. I, I had to adjust my schedule in order to accommodate that and avoid any sort of overwhelm or burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how were you able to do that? You know, um, you're, I mean, you're in the prime of your life as far as let's say your career, right? I mean, your career is taking off and, um, everything's going really well with your business and you lost your mom and now your dad, um, needs a lot more attention and care. Um, so how are you able to address these things, right? Where you feel like you're, you know, you're tending to your father's needs, but you're also, you know, taking care of yourself and taking care of your business as it's mm-hmm. growing. How did you, how'd you balance all of that? That's a good question. So my strategy to avoid overwhelm was to keep a weekday in my schedule open. Usually it was a Wednesday. And so I wouldn't schedule any clients for meetings on that day. Uh, because my busy work schedule was often packed and I often worked 12 to 14 hour days. So for the last year and a half of my father's life, I actually moved back in with him so that I could help take care of him in the evenings and better coordinate all the caregivers. 
that I had to hire and arrange. Uh, but even with the caregivers, there'd be unexpected events, such as when a caregiver was sick, or my father had to go to a doctor's appointment, or prescription medications had to be picked up urgently, or he'd end up in the ER with a urinary tract infection, or he was sick in hospital, and I wanted to be there for him to spend time with him and speak directly to the doctors so that I could advocate for him. Mm -hmm. So basically in order to accommodate all those surprise errands and unexpected appointments or hospital visits was, was by keeping an entire day open in my schedule. And inevitably when that day rolled around, it would completely fill up with taking care of dad and being there for him. Or I would move work commitments to that day to be able to visit him in the hospital on another day. Mm. Yeah. So Wednesday. So why did you choose Wednesday? I'm curious. I think because it was in the middle of the week, mm-hmm. it just allowed me to get some things done on Monday, Tuesday, and more things done on Thursday, Friday. So having a, that middle day of a work week seemed to work out the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, was it easier for you to have this one day that you took care of your dad as opposed to kind of, you know, having... I don't know if you'd call them breaks from work to go take care of dad <laughs> um, or to take him to his appointments or whatever you needed to do. Um, did you find that having that one full day was easier for you? Yes. Okay. And I would still, a few hours of every day, I was still taking care of him or doing things to help him. Um, but yeah, having that full day where I could actually plan to be at the hospital for half a day and catch the doctors or just have a little bit less rushed time with him mm-hmm. was important to me. Yeah. Wow. And so, um, you know, I mean, I'm asking you these questions because, you know, you've been through this and, you know, women listening, um, they may be going through this as well right now, right? And they're trying to, I hate the word balance so much. Um, you know, but it's a word that we all kind of understand as far as, you know, taking care of yourself. This is the Me Time Midlife podcast, right? So you, you, you want to take care of yourself while you're taking care of other people. I think that's the point. So um, you're working, you know, 12 to what, 16 hour days, and then you're taking care of your dad on Wednesdays. Like, so all the things that you shared that you enjoyed doing during your me time, were those things that you were doing back then too? Or, um, you know, how were you finding time for yourself um, to take care of you? I think from my exposure to watching family members come to the hospital in acute care, I recognized how important it is to take care of yourself first, because if you aren't healthy, then you're not even going to be able to help your loved one. So I don't have children, so I think that was a huge advantage. And yes, I was able to do those things, just a lot less of it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't do too much international travel. Travel would be a weekend trip to Portland to visit a girlfriend. Uh, running might have been a half hour, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. A, I love running because it is so convenient. You just need your running shoes and you just go. Mm-hmm. Require anything more than that. So I did recognize how important it was to take care of myself and my health in order to be able to provide the best care for my dad. So I did always squeeze in uh, exercise and Mm -hmm. a getaway here and there. 
Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, it is so important um, to do those things. Um, so now you said earlier that, you know, the, the people that call you are, are mostly midlife women who are calling on behalf of their parent, right, that needs some help. Um, so you actually pick up the phone and listen to these women, you know, share about the problems that their parents are having with their mobility and all that stuff. Uh, what do you pick up on when you hear them call? Like, what are some of the things that you see from these um, women who are calling or you hear from them when they call you on the phone? What are some of these common themes that you're picking up on? Yeah. Uh, so just to clarify, I used to answer the phones, but I don't anymore. That's right. Yeah. After you have 20 staff, 20 staff right? <laughs> but I do still see clients myself, so I will get mm -hmm. in there. And then the first appointment often there is an adult child there to help prevent uh, to help uh, provide some extra background and extra history and I would say that those adult children these women in midlife are usually feeling overwhelmed and they feel helpless because mm. they want to help their parents but they don't know how and perhaps they have tried they're like mom you need to exercise more or like dad you just need to use your walker like just use it uh, but that often isn't received very well by the elderly parent. They don't like being told what to do, particularly by their child. And so that's a lot of the value that myself and my team provide is as a professional, we're usually able to frame it in a different way and get some buy-in from that senior. Uh, so yeah, I would say often these adult children are feeling helpless. Mm. Yeah, you said helpless and, and overwhelmed, mm -hmm. and they just kind of don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, how, what do you think is the best way to approach your parent um, who would need a service like yours? You know, how do you have that conversation? Like, I had somebody on the podcast recently who talked about how to. Um, how to talk to your millennial daughter about her finances, right? Um, how to have that conversation. So I'm curious, like how would, um, you know, a woman listening who knows that their parent needs, uh, you know, the care that you provide and the help that you provide, how would they approach that? How would they talk to them about this? That's a really good question. I think there are a few different approaches that you could use depending on the nature of the parent as well as uh, their familiarity and their lifestyle background. Because some people have exercised and moved their whole lives and it's part of their routine and it's normal to them. And for others, it was never part of their daily life. So I think there would be two approaches depending whether somebody was familiar with exercise or not. Uh, I think it's important to ask the person, how are you feeling? You know, I've, I've noticed your not going to your bridge play bridge anymore like you used to do or you're not going to join the gentleman for coffee like you used to do what's going on mm. and just getting them to open up and just start an initial conversation and then if there isn't a good reason if it's just because they're feeling lazy or not confident with their walking then you can say you know i'm i'm concerned for you mom or i'm concerned for you dad i really want you to stay active and be able to live independently and, and still do these things that you love to do. Like, do you think there's something that 
we could do to help mm. and see what they say and then could approach well i know of right in home physical therapist or i know of an exercise class at the community center down the road that's specific for people like you are you interested in going mm -hmm. i like that approach it's gentle and it's you know it's you you're noticing that they're not maybe able to do the things that they used to or not doing them enough or as as much as they used to so that's great i really like that um so any advice for the, let's say, women calling you about their parent um, as you sense uh, this overwhelm, as you meet with them and meet their parent? Um, you know, we talked about the me time and all of that, but I think what's so interesting about you, Kim, is that you have experienced this yourself um, on both sides, you know, as the um, physical therapist and as the daughter who had, um, you know, aging parents. Um, so, you know, what, what kind of advice can you give to women who are trying to juggle all of this stuff and they, they feel helpless and they feel overwhelmed? Yeah, I would say, don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm. So maybe you have to call your brother who lives on the other side of the country and say, you know, this, this is what's happening to mom or this is what's happening to dad. I really need you to, to help in any way you can. Do you think you can come out here for a weekend once a month? Or do you think you can contribute financially to caregivers? Um, definitely create a team that's going to help uh, provide relief for mm -hmm. you as a caregiver. Just make sure multiple people are involved. Uh, you might have to arrange a schedule where somebody's visiting mom or dad every day and maybe it includes some grandchildren and children and neighbors, people from church, uh, definitely creating a team because sometimes people don't know. And then after the fact, after the crisis has happened or after someone's even passed away, all these people come out of the woodwork. Right. Why didn't you ask for help? Why didn't you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, let me know that this was happening to your parent because I would have helped or I would have come visit or, or something like that. So definitely don't be afraid to ask for help. And I, if finances allow for it, definitely delegate and, and hire help. So whether yes. it's cleaners, whether it's um, meal makers, uh, caregivers, uh, my sister, tried to help my dad as much as she could, but I guess being a non-healthcare worker, like cutting his toes was like absolutely disgusting to her. <laughs> never get a toe nails. Right. Whereas for me, that was not a big deal. I was mm -hmm. toenails, um, you know, towards the, one thing I never uh, did was bathe him. I would set him up for a bath, I, I, but I never bathed him. And to me, it was important to, keep that line of daughter. I wanted to be his daughter and not his caregiver. Mm. So we did hire care to help bathe him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's important. I would feel the, I think the same way, yeah. but yeah, asking for help, which is not easy for us women to do, but um, you know, we have to sometimes put our own uh, whatever insecurities or whatever to the side mm -hmm. and realize that maybe us doing it all on our own is not the best way. It's not the best for the parent. Right. Right. Um, so creating a team, I love how you said that, you know, who, what, what kind of team would be right for the situation? Mm -hmm. I yeah. love that. 
and also creating that team before mm. the, the crisis happens. Yeah. You know, if somebody's 80 or 90 and living on their own still, you know that they're going to need help in the very near future. So creating that team and some new relationships perhaps or, or improved relationships with grandchildren or neighbors or whatever it might be in order to prepare for the future. Yeah. Prepared. Right. Right. I love also that you, um, you talk about the team being not just, you know, people that can help and, you know, give their time and all that kind of stuff, but, but uh, grandchildren too, you mm-hmm. know, and um, I, I think that's really important. And then one more thing is you said to hire help um, in business. Maybe you've heard this. There's a, there's a saying that says, uh, that goes, do what you do best and hire the rest, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, I think it's very similar to this situation where you figure out what role you want to play. You do what you do best and then hire the rest, hire the rest of people. If you, if you can do that, of course. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Kim. So the last question I want to ask you now, you've been through a lot, uh, right? But I mean, business is good um, and you're thriving personally and professionally, which is wonderful. And, um, you know, you've taken great care of your parents and um, you travel, you take care of yourself and all of that. Uh, So now from this point um, on, as you look forward, uh, how would you define the woman that you are becoming? That's a great question. I would say I am becoming a strong, confident leader who knows how to take care of her personal health and happiness. Uh, Listening to other interviews on your podcast, Kim, particularly the one with Walker Thornton, who turned 65 years old recently, Mm -hmm. uh, really inspired me to think about like what I want to be or who I want to be when Mm -hmm. I'm 65. And definitely I know how important it is to take care of myself first so that I always have the strength and capacity to help the people I love around me and and the people in my community. Mm, That's wonderful. Thanks for listening to that podcast with Walker. She's great, isn't she? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, she's great. So yeah, so strong and independent and taking care of yourself. Um, and yeah, the fact that you, you know, you don't have kids gives you some of that freedom to kind of think about how, um, you know, to think more about how you want your life to look and how you want your business to go and, and all of that. Um, that's great. That's great. I will add that I am now trying to make space for romance because my business and career success has surpassed my wildest dreams. Uh And so I hope my biggest accomplishment in the next 10 years will be to find and marry my best friend and then perhaps have a family and positively impact the world together as a family. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny how, I mean, not funny, but you know, it's interesting how your life has kind of, it, it hasn't been chronological as far as what, um, it usually is right. Um, where maybe you, um, you know, you get your education and then you, uh, get married, you know, and then you start your career and you have children and then your parents age and, and then they pass on, but kind of things have happened kind of in in a different order for you, huh? And I think it might be in part from having an older father. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of have an older father too. Um, so I find that people my age, 
that, you know, I'm going through like slightly different things than they're going through just because my parents are a little bit older. They waited 10 years to have me and they didn't get married too early. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, and same, you know, I don't have kids either. And, um, and so, yeah, that's interesting, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's great how things have happened for you, Kim, and the success you've had. Um, and, you know, being able to work on yourself, you know, not, not being married yet and not having that, um, that partner yet, um, you've been able to learn about who you are, um, right. And prepare yourself for the right person. Cause yeah. it's not always the right person that you, <laughs> you know, you, you, you get together with and you marry at a young age cause you haven't gone through all that process of self-discovery. Yeah. Right. I'm very fortunate because my clients, uh, the 80 and 90 year olds tend to love chatting and uh, they often ask me about my love life and they give advice very freely. Yes. Um, so I appreciate that I have all these pseudo grandmas and grandpas like <laughs> looking out for my best interest and sharing their decades of wisdom with me. Right. And do you ever get any, uh, uh, any where they say like my grandson would be great you know <laughs> would you like to meet him that, yeah. okay <laughs> yeah I'm surprised I'm surprised because um they probably just think the world of you you know have helped them so much and um they want to see you with with somebody so <laughs> oh, thanks Kim <laughs> yeah okay Kim well um any final thoughts before we go uh, any final word for maybe any of the ladies listening who have parents who are um you know getting older and needing care but they're also trying to you know take care of themselves yeah. um, the i would time. say always be prepared mm. so start those conversations with your parent now uh, create that team now and make sure you schedule me time for yourself yes. absolutely yes that's the whole thing be prepared and you got to make sure that you take care of yourself while you're taking care of, of your parents. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Kim, so much for coming on to the Me Time Midlife Podcast. Thanks for the opportunity, Kim. I enjoy chatting with you. If you find the Me Time Midlife podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. The best way is to simply tell your midlife friends about it. It also helps the show's visibility if you rate and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or simply directly in your Apple Podcasts app if you listen to the show that way. And if you want more Me Time in your life and continue the conversations we have on the show with other women on a similar journey, consider joining our Me Time Midlife Community on Facebook. Simply search for Me Time Midlife Community in your Facebook search bar or go to metimemidlifepodcast.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, remember, you've been taking care of everyone else. It's your turn to take care of you.